we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites if you look at the polling still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with them. Welcome back to a high-energy Thursday here at the Ruthless Friday program. I, I Oh, boy. This one's going to be a good one. Oh, right at the beginning, old man? Yeah, I'm self-medicating. Oh, boy. Oh, yep, boy. Yep, 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 yep. Well, listen, um, we don't have John Ashbrook again today. We don't. And uh, that's a sad thing. <sighs> Look, I, it is sad. However, I'm still on the board. <laughs> I'm go. still on the fucking board! <laughs> Which, I mean, I feel like we got a pretty good reaction. I can't wait till Ashbrook gets back and you have a board struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like David Guetta on this thing. <laughs> I'm going to get the ones and twos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to have to rip it out of my cold, dead hands. I love that. I love that. I love the uh, animosity within the program. It's artiste against artiste. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know? Like, it, of the four of us. Yeah. You guys know. That's us. Right? Yeah, like oh, we've, for sure. we've got some weird things. Well, I'm a uh, people person, goddammit, and yeah. and this guy's autistic. I don't know so, how. Uh, <laughs> I literally have zero idea how any of the buttons work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Ashbrook or Duncan, whoever's here, please make the button work. <laughs> so I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It's gonna be fun. So uh, welcome back to a variety program. We're dealing with a very very significant dynamic week within the conservative movement um we have a great guest today great guest today kurt schlichter yeah excellent and i i heard you doing this interview holmes yeah and uh it is extremely high energy <laughs> not only that it's just funny yeah right no I mean, kurt's a great guy i just identify with him he, he, he's like says so many crazy things that I actually, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't, but I just want them all out there. I just appreciate that the guy goes there and doesn't give a shit. Zero <laughs> shit. He he lives... And he actually has a real job, which is hilarious. And he, you know, to, to borrow a word from the left, he lives his authentic self. There you go. <laughs> he does. He really does. He does. What's so funny about it is he's actually a serious trial attorney who, like, says all this crazy stuff... And people are like, I want to hire him because he's actually better at his job than everybody else. Yeah, because he's not going to bullshit you. Yeah. And it's a bullshit business. Yeah. I respect it. Yep. Yep. I love it. So he's on the program today. Yeah. You're going to love everything about it. Smug. Huge. Hack Madness Champion. Yeah. Huge news, folks. Uh, We had... Over 12,000 votes cast in the championship round. Really? 12,000? Over 12,000 that were cast uh, in, in 24 hours. So, I mean, you're looking at 500 votes an hour. Like <laughs> 10 votes a second, Let's pretty go. much. It was, it was out of control. It was amazing. Uh, and Don Lemon was taking on Taylor Lorenz. And I just, I mean, this was a beatdown for the ages. Taylor Lorenz won 80.5% to 19.5%. I mean, just completely demolished the guy. We <laughs> are the champions, <laughs> my, my friends. friends. I mean, 
it's nah, nah. it's it's unprecedented. Like we've had Jen Rubin, yeah. dominate Hack Madness for so long. Yeah, yeah. We all, I think we all slept on on Taylor of the Wrens just because I thought last year would have been her year. Yeah. Well, but you also have to understand that like we follow this stuff granularly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas everybody else gets a like there's a lag. Yeah. There. And, uh, and also, also we've all been blocked by her, so we haven't necessarily seen all the content. Yep. Yeah, I think that's huge. So we like, slept, we slept on her a little, like a ton of the crazy. Because like I will occasionally see screenshots of like the takes that she's dropping. Yeah, just insane stuff of like, you know, she, I, there was a tweet. I want to say this was like two, three weeks ago, where she said she claimed to be a disabled person because she has <laughs> long COVID and was talking about how like. This nurse at some hospital wasn't wearing a mask, and so she like went and told the nurse, "Why aren't you wearing a mask?" Right. right? My God. And it was like you know this coming from a disabled person with long COVID. <laughs> yeah. You know it's unacceptable. And then someone points out the night before she'd posted an Instagram photo from some like party. At Kathy yeah, with Griffin's. Kathy. Yeah. No one wearing a mask. No one wearing so a mask. So it's just like, no, rich people can't get COVID, don't you know? There you go. I mean, the best vaccine is being rich and connected in an influencer that's basically but the, been but the poors we saw i mean we saw this at the met gala with the people carrying the train of aoc's dress oh, they, they have, have to, to wear masks they have to wear masks but she, <laughs> but she doesn't have to wear a mask it's absolutely incredible it's totally incredible i feel like a worthy champion yeah i mean i think it was well earned it was a it was a heck of a hack madness uh, I think we ended up getting like half a million votes. Outstanding, yeah. outstanding Hack half Madness tournament. Half a million votes. And, and, and I would say I, I'm proud to have won our internal bracket pool. And dominated it. And dominated it. I would be happy. I, I came in second. Well, And I was going to get to that. So you were at the bottom. Yeah. Most of the tournament. And yeah. then like it all started to turn once yeah. we got to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Like, you picked a lot of winners in the Elite Eight. I got to give you a lot of credit. You came out of the basement. You came into second place. Big surprise. That yeah. was that was really impressive. Uh, here's what I'll attribute it to. I, I am a big print guy. Yeah. In the 64 field. No, we know this. This is well documented. And, and we know that the minions are not as big of a print field. Yeah. As those of us who deal with all of this news on a day-to-day basis. So I, I, I felt like, yes, am I taking some risks? But ultimately, in the end, the worthy champion. I think, yes. But I think it's a testament to your work on educating our audience about some of these folks. And I understand, like, if you look at Twitter... Like, usually the people that are the most bombastic are the people that are, like, trying to get TV contracts, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And yep. the, the, the print people tend to be more reserved on, yep. the, on the platform, but they're just as malevolent. Oh, like, terrible. Like, like, they're they're, they're terrible. Um, so, I mean, hats off to you, Pat. Oh, I appreciate and it. And I, I got to say, also, because uh, Horse Sense, who's really, I mean, again, tip of the hat to Horse Sense oh. for doing so much of this organization Incredible. on the Hack Madness uh, website and everything. Dr. Sean S. is our winner of the Minion bracket pool. Dr. Sean S. Dr. Sean S. 179 points just blew. Which, wow. which by the way, totally fits with our demo. Yeah. And that when we look at who the, the people are that listen to this program, yeah. it's always like a doctor here right. or, 
or a like a construction worker is it, here. Isn't like dentists are like number one of our number one demographics. Yeah, it's a big one. I mean, imagine being like at the dental office and you're like, oh man, this is gonna suck. And then the guy throws on ruthless. Hell yeah! Like, Shout out to the dentist. Yeah, out there, I don't even need the laughing gas. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it on. Just put it on. Put it on and take out my teeth. Yes. Uh, oh, oh, one thing uh, we quickly should get into. So for folks who are listening to that intro. Uh, you heard an individual saying that, oh, they're going to take crime very seriously. Yes. That was an absolute joke of an individual. That was D.A. Alvin Bragg <laughs> talking yeah. about how yeah. they take crime very seriously. Quickly, I just want to say a couple numbers. Uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg downgraded 52% of felony cases to misdemeanors compared to 39% in all of 2019, according to new data. Bragg wins a conviction 51% of the time, down from 68% in 2019. <laughs> And between 2013 and 2020, the percentage of cases downgraded by Cy Vance never exceeded 40%. So this guy, Alvin Bragg, is setting a new precedent of not taking crime seriously. Dude, wait a second. Yeah. So his predecessor didn't bring charges against people or, or otherwise process these cases and settlements or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 60% of the time. Yeah. This guy is down underneath 50? Yeah, yes. And, and and with 52% of felony cases, he reduced them to misdemeanors. And, and with the Trump case, of course, as we know now, yeah. he's enhancing all these to felony crimes. He's really, you know, he's a law and order guy. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so, I mean, this headline deals with it all. Uh, woke Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg has downgraded over half of felony cases to misdemeanors over criminal cases free to roam the streets yeah i mean that's the thing is uh you know you have to keep bringing up the fact that this individual is trying to portray themselves as a law and order type mm-hmm. meanwhile new york city is suffering from some of the worst crime waves that a lot yeah. of folks have seen in their lifetime yeah i mean dude we're gonna get all of this and more Let's read some five stars. Let's yeah, I want to feel good. I need some good news. Yeah. Uh, Dunks, you want this first one? Sure. Okay. This is from T. Bach. The title is Wesley Hunt, Texas Proud. Absolutely loved this episode. Lifelong Texan currently residing in the Hill Country, so didn't know much about Mr. Hunt, but I instantly fell in love. What an amazing man, husband, father, and congressman. I didn't think Houston could get any worse. But then I heard Sheila Jackson was running for mayor of Houston. Yeah. Mr. Hunt has given me so having has given me much hope. I shared this episode with my family that lives in Houston. Also, please let Mr. Hunt know I have some loose animals and we have more than dogs around here in the neighborhood that I need help rounding up. There's nobody who knows how to deal with that more than Hunt. Yeah. This guy. Like the John Wick of, of wild animals. Fanta- yeah. Fantastic episode, gentlemen. Outstanding. Every, uh, dude, every time Wesley Hunt's here, it's going to be a banger. Well, it's high energy. Guaranteed. But he also gives you, like, the authentic. Right. Right? Which is all you want out of your congressman or senator or whatever. Yeah, you never feel like you're pulling anything out of the guy. No, he's you, just going to give it to right. you. You ask a question, you're going to get his answer. Right. Oh, I love it. All right, uh, Smug, you want the next? Sure. This is from Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. What a name. It says, my new favorite pod. Just found out about the fellas while reading a review about Midas Touch. That's, uh, for folks who don't know, Midas Touch is that Wait, like, what? Yeah. Midas Touch? Yeah, the, the libs? Yeah, the left-wing Looney Tune 
uh, group who like makes these wild ads on Twitter, and, and apparently they have a podcast. And I guess in the comment section of that podcast, they were mad at us. So. They're coming at us. Oh yeah, we're, we're doing our job. Uh, nice variety of topics, and I feel you shoot straight on politics. You keep it light, and but then serious when the topic calls for it. Love your laughs too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh man, I first of all. I love that the left's coming for us. Yeah. yeah. Always. I love it. Yeah, as Smug might say, cope and seed in the face of our success. We hate you. We're glad you hate us. There you go. That's it. That's the MO. A much-needed sanity check. This is KBK0127. Uh, working in a woke corporation where American conservatives' opinions are verboten. Yeah, well, we've heard a lot of that. Yeah. Right? I used to feel like I was going crazy. Listening to this podcast makes it more tolerable to be surrounded by idiots. <laughs> Smug's laugh is my favorite. Thank you. And Ashbrook needs to get in the audiobook business. Yeah, yeah seriously. That's true. I feel like that's right. Yeah, it is 100%. absolutely right. Right? And, and Smug, your laugh has grown on me. <laughs> it it's, has grown. It's, it's really good. It has grown. My kids behave well, but I have a master plan to get my friend's poorly behaved iPad addicted on a fight. On a flight. flight On a flight with him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude, you're so screwed. Yeah, I I would not be a fan of that. Um, I got to say, ha, I'm mostly Swedish. So keep up the irrelevant attacks on the other groups. Uh, go Vikes. P.S. America runs down Duncan. Let's go. Outstanding. Let's go. Oh, It seems like a Vikes fan, though. Yeah. Vikes fan and a Duncan fan and a Smug fan and an Ashbrook fan. Gotta love it. They cover everybody but me. <laughs> well, the go, I think the go Vikes is obviously for 100%. you. 100%. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Losses mount. Uh, Dunks, this is your territory. Yeah. Because you've spent basically the entire day dealing with Wisconsin. Yes. Let's talk about it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, look, I think obviously it's a huge, huge loss on the Supreme Court race. I mean, 11 points, uh, huge implications for the conservative movement in a critical state that we really need to win in 2024. I mean, you're talking about stuff like redrawing district lines you're talking about voter id you're talking about issues like abortion all of this stuff is going to matter a ton and i feel like there's a certain segment of the republican party that really relishes losing frankly i think they relish losing because it becomes an opportunity for them to get on their high horse about what they would do to fix everything. But there's very simple dynamics to a race like this. Very simple. You know, people talk about, oh, the game is rigged. You know, the Democrats, they're going to steal the election. They're going to, you know, they ballot harvest too much. They got a better ground game. Our leaders are stupid and theirs are smart and that's why we lose. Well, that's fucking wrong. I mean, it's wrong in all of the numbers, because if you look at that race, Supreme Court race, which we lost by 11 points, there were three ballot questions, ballot questions on um, should we have cash bail and 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 um, 
and think about the severity of the crimes being committed before we release people on their own reconnaissance, mm-hmm. right? Pre-trial. Should we allow for more pre-trial uh, detention of defendants? Should we have a looking for work requirement for people who want welfare? All of those passed in Wisconsin going away. Huge, huge margins. We're talking 66. Kind of, they're kind of base issues. Ba- very base conservative issues. 60, yeah. 66, 67%. I mean, the, the work requirement for welfare like passed by almost 80, 80, 20. It's basically, I mean, that's a dividing that's line, right? I that, mean, that is, that, is, that is massive. Yeah. And so the cope, I think, for a certain part of the Republican base has been, you know, if we only just spoke more to the issues that animate our base, they would turn out in these special elections and midterms. And that, I mean, we have now seen in 18, in 20, in 2022, especially, that's just not true. And, and I mean, yeah, I would love to get more Republicans to the polls. Like, let's not stop doing that. You know, more texts, more calls, more grassroots. Like, let's do it. Let's do it. But the, the voters who showed up, the people who came to play, they agreed with us. Yep. They fucking agreed with us on the issues that we care about. They agreed with us. Conservative base issues. Hey, uh, if you want to draw welfare, you don't have kids. You're an able-bodied adult. Like you got to be looking for work. Like I don't think it gets more base than that. It does not get more base conservative. This is something we've been fighting for from the '80s. It's mean like, potato stuff. Mean potatoes. And 80% of Wisconsin voters who showed up, I'm not talking about theoretically, uh, if we got more Trump voters or more of these voters or whatever, the people who showed up and cast a ballot, 80% of them were like, yeah, I'm on board with that. That's but, what but we thinking. But then we lost the Supreme Court race by 11 points. The only thing that mattered. Right. And, and so that's the thing is, my when I was looking at that, when you pointed out those numbers, I think that's the crux of it right there. Because then you can actually see the Supreme Court race in isolation, right? You can see that, okay, if 80% of the people who turned out are, are voting yeah. for a, a you know, meat and potatoes conservative issue, voting yes on, you know, you have to show proof of work to collect welfare, right? right? Total conservative thing. However, only half those people voted for, for the Republican Supreme Court candidate. Right. right. Then you see the fundraising and spending numbers. Yeah. And I, I think it was something like, you know, the Dems outspent the Republicans something like 10 to 1. Well, so it, it, it's it's different the way you slice it. And this is important education for our listeners who I mean, we've talked about this a little bit with respect to the midterms. But in aggregate, outspent by about five million dollars, like like, you know, Dem candidate and Dem outside groups versus Republican candidate and Republican outside groups. Right. Five million dollars, and then it's a big race. I mean, yep. like lots, like forty-five or well, something million dollars. That usually in a right. Supreme Court race, right, right, right. But it's a it's a deficit. Yeah, but it's actually much, much, much worse than that, because what people probably don't realize is candidate ma- money matters, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we talk, we've talked about this on the show. You know, so when you see the aggregate number, you're like, oh yeah, big race, lots of money. You know, we had a deficit, obviously, but then when you look at what like the actual candidate, you know, the the liberal justice who who, who won this race, $13 million on television. The Republican, $2.4 million on television. And yeah, a bunch of like conservative groups at the, you know, last 30 days cut big checks, put ads on television, but they don't get candidate rates. This is huge. This is very important. 
candidates get the lowest rate on television. Outside groups do not. And what he means by that is that there's actually a difference in terms of what television stations charge yes. candidates versus outside groups, super PACs, and nonprofits. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use made-up complete numbers, but like for a super PAC to air an ad during the nightly news, let's say they it would be charged by the station $10. That station would charge the candidate like $3. Right. So you get a lot more bang right. for your buck if it's coming from the candidate. And we were outspent by over, over $10 million? No, like, $5 million in aggregate we were outspent. But the reality is when the candidate, on the liberal candidate is spending 13 on TV and the Republican is spending 2.4. Yeah. So 90% somewhat of your, of your money is, 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 out, is outside spending. And it's 3X. It costs 3X for them to put the same ad on air for the same amount of airtime. Like it's not five million deficit. No, it's like it's, fifteen. It's like fifteen million deficit, yeah. and I, people need to realize that and why it's so important you support candidates directly. Well, you got to get involved. I mean, look, we've talked about the cultural dynamic here within the Republican Party for a long time, which is a liberal gets pissed off and they donate five bucks on Act Blue. A conservative gets picked, pissed off and they write a five paragraphs essay on Facebook. Right. That needs to change. That piece of it needs to change. I mean, when the candidate's spending is, you know, the Democrat spends $13 million and the Republican spends less than 3 I mean, when you have that kind of a disparity in ads, you could make, like, Mickey Mouse look like Hitler if you're, like, outspending your opponent Re- to that degree. Well, y- yes, but, but the reality is... It sh- we shouldn't actually need as much money as them because the voters agree with us. Mm-hmm. You look at the margins. That's the thing on like, issues, 100%. Like, like question one, like the conditions of release before conviction, like you know, pretrial detention. Like the yes on that won 66.6%. That's huge. Like on like let's like make sure that there's real cash bail on people, 67.6. On the issue of work, to qualify for for welfare, you have to be looking for a job. If you don't have kids and like you have an oppor- you're able bodied, seventy nine point five percent. Yes, mm. these are conservative base issues, and those same voters came out and they pulled the lever for all of that, and then they voted for a liberal justice. They voted for law and order, and then they voted for a liberal justice. And, and the cash bail thing specifically has been just like one of these like huge pushes from progressives. Like you see in New York. Uh, trying to remove cash bail and the mayhem that that has caused. Um, the mayhem that was caused by Kamala Harris endorsing that like bail fund right. to get people out during the 2020 riots who then went out and committed even more crimes, murders, so, rapes. So, so, so the fact that these voters are right. against that mayhem, right. are against that chaos. So the money the money's one thing. Like More money, that would be great. Fantastic. But the voters were already there. So then what is the reason? Like, why is it that you have such a bifurcation of the electorate brand on, on these issues? It's brand. Mm. It's brand. It's things like the, the you know, I did a whole Twitter thread on this, but like abortion. Are we answering that question correctly? Are, are I don't think so. I think we're seeding the ground. We're letting the Democrats be like, I have a common sense op- opinion on this. I want women to have freedom. And then like, you know, that's the conversation, right? We need to be better at that. Like, that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can't have uh, uh, Dan Kelly, the, the Republican Supreme Court justice, being tied to 2020 
And they had there were all these ads about, you know, he was doing the fake elector scheme for Trump. Like, I'm sorry, but it's a fucking losing issue. And if Donald Trump intends to run on that in this primary, no, he maybe maybe he will do great in the primary. But the Indies who already voted nine percent against him, that was the margin in twenty twenty, it'll be double that. But I'm sorry. They have made up their minds, they are not changing their minds. But you know who has not talked about that in the last like two months? Who? Donald Trump. He knows it's a loser. He knows it's but he, a loser. But he held it around these now, candidates like a fucking millstone. It was a, it was a, uh, I don't know, it, like basically the issue in 2022 primaries. Yes. But you fast forward, he's not talking about that at all. He's, he's all forward looking. He's, I mean, to be honest with you, now he's, he's dealing with like his own personal legal situation and punitive like punishment from liberals who want to act like a playboy with the law mm-hmm. but he's not talking about 2020 yeah he's but, not but 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 we still are with these candidates right and that that is the issue yeah but let me tell you how this is all going to go here i'm just you know i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to look into my crystal ball and see the future for donald trump um New York's not the only case, right? There's the documents case, and like we don't know exactly what's coming out of that. The Mar-a-Lago, they, you know, the FBI did the raid or whatever. But the Georgia case, the case about you know trying to influence you know state officials on on the election results in Georgia. Remember the yeah. call and all that stuff. I mean, that's a that's a case, and it probably is more real, a lot more real, obviously, yeah. than the New York thing. So my point is. Donald Trump knows it's a loser. And you're right. He doesn't talk about it like he talked about it before. He certainly doesn't talk about it in the it's way gone, that he... It's de- gone. It's gone from the stump. That he has demanded the loyalty of his candidates that he wants to endorse on an issue that now he doesn't even really talk about that much. But they're going to force... I mean, like, like they're going to force it back into the news cycle and he's going to be forced to comment on it. He's going to. It's going to be a requirement. Because yeah. he's not going to be able to be like, oh, the Georgia thing is fake news and not talk about it. He's going to have to double down and, 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 and talk about 2020. And I think it's been very clear, based on the midterm election in 2022 in this special election, that the voters are tired of it. Well, it's not real. It's not real. Like, let's be honest. It's not real. It's not real. It's, it's not animating voters in a state that is one of the ones that are very critical to yeah. winning the White But House. now we have a Supreme Court justice who didn't run on an application of the law. Yeah. What that person ran on was trying to figure out how to undo redistricting, how to undo voter ID laws. They didn't care what the application of the law is. Like, watch what happens over the next 90 days yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. That's what libs do. Right. They're, they're not interested in in uh, hypothetical legal pretense. No, I mean, they'll do, and they'll, outcome. And they'll do anything to get elected. I mean, you, look at, some, you, could do, just, you look at some of the liberal, Janet, whatever her name is, who, who won Janet this. Janet P, we call it. Yeah, who won this race. She was running like law and order ads. She was running ads saying that Daniel Kelly never locked anybody up. That was That's an actual ad that she ran. Which you can understand with a four, five, six to one uh, advantage on air. Yeah. 
how that message resonates with the population that ultimately voted. Look at the ballot questions. That ultimately yes. voted for the ballot <laughs> right, questions man. in law and order. Right, man, right. So true. we actually got triangulated on the issue of law and order Oof. by a liberal justice. Guys, we can't let that happen. Can't, help, can't let it happen. Like, I don't care. If you, if you support Donald Trump, great. If you think we need to do better on the issue of abortion, great. We need to have this debate in this primary because they're coming for us everywhere on this stuff, and we got to win. Yeah. I want to, I wanna, uh, to kind of shift topics, somewhat related, but voters taking kind of the opposite approach when it comes to uh, how they feel about crime— Chicago voted for a new mayor. Yeah. All right. So this is from Politico. Uh, Progressive Brandon Johnson wins Chicago mayor's race. Brandon Johnson, a county commissioner and former teachers union organizer, was elected mayor of Chicago on Tuesday. Who's the source in this? This this is Politico. It says uh, Johnson takes office next month facing challenges to bring together a city divided by race and a view on how best to quell persistent crime. And this is pretty much what Johnson was known known as is... The furthest left candidate on crime. Yeah. The guy who's like, get don't let him of, out. Get rid of cash bail. Right. You know, jails have never, you know, fixed anyone's problems. There's no point to it. Um, it says Johnson, this is what's completely unique to me, was backed by the Chicago Teachers Union, for which he also worked. The CTU also funded Johnson's campaign, donating more than $2.5 million to the effort. You would think people who are educating children would want them to be in a safe environment so they could learn. It says, uh, uh, this, is, this is from Johnson. Let's take this bold progressive movement around these United States of America, he said in his victory speech. Chicago, Jeez. we can show the country. We can show the world what's possible when we stand on our values as one people. I think the whole world sees what Chicago is like. Right. It's been known as like one of the but highest dude, crime cities. It's a perfect cities. example of a campaign that didn't work, right? Because you have the capital of crime. Mm-hmm. You have the capital of underperforming school districts you have all of those things in one and this guy is the captain of the of the ship and he gets elected so if you're not beating that you are not actually performing as a campaign i mean that's the thing is there, there were like this was supposed to be a close race of course it was just two democrats running it was supposed to be close but then, I mean, I think it just comes down to the city. If but you're going to th- vote first, if you're voting for more chaos, like Lori Lightfoot was line. considered to the right of this guy but to and the, lost to him in the primary. The through line to this, Wisconsin and Chicago, is that if you have a brand problem, right, if you have a candidate problem, if you have a perception problem in the electorate, you're giving the voters every reason to vote against their own interest. 80% of the voters in Wisconsin wanted work requirements for welfare. 67% said, you know what? Pretrial detention on violent offenders. And then we voted. And then they voted. Right. Who who does both. Yeah. 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 Vote for a liberal. It's the same thing as the 2022 election. Yes. We believe that Joe Biden created economic chaos for us. Right, right. I'm still voting Democrat. Yeah. It's a brand problem. Yes. It's a brand problem. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, l- listen, speaking of brand problems. Yes. yes. Great. I'm excited about this. West Virginia. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. So the one state in the union 
that has defied reality over the last, I don't know, 10 years is West Virginia. It's How be- the hell is there not a Republican senator? It has become the, it has become is the reddest Democrat state senator? in the union. Yeah. It is more red than any state anywhere in the country. And the reason why is because all of those people culturally connect with the message of the Republican Party. They culturally connect with the new working class versus the elite, which is what this decision has been made. And and yet, you have a Democratic Senator, Joe Manchin. Right. And Joe Manchin sells a load of bullshit. Right. The difference between a Republican majority that stops Biden nominees and a Republican or a Democratic majority that just like ushers in all kinds of socialism is Joe Manchin. Yeah. Right? And if there's ever been a vote that you needed to actually count on him to make the difference between the two, he's always Democrat. I mean, that has basically been the story of 2022 is Joe Manchin acting like, oh, you know, I'm a centrist. I don't know which way I'm going to vote and always going with the left's position on it on every single issue. Always. So there's been a bunch of polling that's been done by outside groups in West Virginia uh, that have been like, all right, who could defeat Joe Manchin? Mm-hmm. Because he, he sells a hell of a bullshit story. This guy's a good politician. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, he he literally voted against American energy independence, and this is from West Virginia, home of coal mining. Yeah, right. I mean, he's been a lockstep Democrat where they've needed him to be, and yet he goes on the Sunday shows and he's like, well, you know, six to one, half dozen, another, I just go with what's ever best for West Virginia. And it like somehow works. I mean, his him. bullshitting truly is he fucking does, incredible. He does like a whole all shucks routine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he like he woke up yesterday and realized he was a senator. Totally not. I mean, like this guy is I, I mean, it's sociopathic levels of lying. To sociopathic levels of lying. Yeah. Right. So there's a bunch of polling that's been done and showed that he would get beat decisively, mm-hmm. decisively, like double digits. I mean, not even a, a question like it's over in July type race if he runs against the current Republican governor, Jim Justice. Yeah. No question about it. And, and like, I know their thought process. We talked about this on Tuesday. Like, maybe he's going to run for president against uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, no a, labels. On a no labels <laughs> ticket. Right? Like, he gets that his goose is cooked. Yeah. Because he actually was the guy who brokered the Green New Deal light that they called the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. yeah. Like, this guy is cooked. Cooked. So they do a bunch of polling. They find out that this guy would absolutely get crushed by Jim Justice. And they do a bunch of polling. They find out by, like, everybody else who's going to run. It's, like, basically an even ball game. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of 2018. Last time he ran. Right? Mm. It was, like, Morrissey was the guy, the AG. Good guy. Really good guy. But, like, the, the polling was, like, one, two point difference. He was always trailing. And, like, ultimately ended up losing by, uh, one, two points. Oof. Right? And that's basically the rest of the field. Except for Jim Justice. So the Club for Growth comes out to try to stop Jim Justice from running for Senate. Yeah, we love to snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, to use the term. I mean, 
Look, I, I just can't imagine being a Republican, a Republican group, and having witnessed 2022 and 20 and 2018 and being like, you know what? I think West Virginia, our easiest out in the entire field, in the best Senate map we will probably ever see as Republicans, like this is the place to take a hostage. Yeah. And be like, you know what? Let's not take it off the map. Let's have like a bloody primary where we spend millions and millions let's of dollars. Do, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. So here, here's the deal. Alex Mooney, who is a current congressman, who I personally like. Hmm. I think this guy, I had breakfast with him several weeks ago, and he, this is a smart person. Yeah. This is a good person. This is a person who I believe would be an excellent congressman and or senator. But he's running against someone who has proven to defeat his exact profile time and time and time again. And you have one candidate who is 20 points up. Right. Like put it to bed, put our money in Ohio, Put our money in Montana. That's how I put see it in it. Nevada and put it in Arizona. So, the, so right? This, this is according to Politico. The Club for Growth will back Alex Mooney in uh, West Virginia's Senate bid, setting a potential clash with Governor Jim Justice, who's expected to enter the race at the behest of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. At the behest. <laughs> at the behest. Like, never mind. <laughs> the guy's never just going to win. <laughs> Never mind the fact that the guy entered public service exclusively for the fact that he thought he could do some good for him for his state. He's a billionaire. Right. This is a guy who has nothing to gain by being in this discussion at all. Remember, we went and met uh, with him and, yeah. and, and Doggy. And Baby Dog. Baby Dog. And, and, and to me, and I think that you made a really good point, is looking at the big picture of this, when you've got a billionaire sitting governor who is just cleaning the clock of the Democrat who's incumbent in the Senate, why don't you just let that guy beat the shit out of the Democrat? Why would we and, do and, this? And any money that we would have to spend against Manchin instead goes, like Duncan said, to other states what? to get us more it's, seats. Especially in a situation where we are 3X'd, 4X'd, 5X'd in candidate money. Look yep. at that Wisconsin race, mm -hmm. right? You want to have a knockdown, drag out and primary you have a Senate fight? race, by the way, in that state this year. Yeah, that like look the control of the United States Senate and whether or not I mean, look at this point, I think it's a coin flip on the presidential. But if you got a Democratic president, whether it's Joe Biden or anybody else, there is one body that can stop significant appointments that would change the face of this country. Yeah. It's the United States Senate, right? And why would you ever get in the way of appointing someone to be the majority leader that would never bring him up yeah. versus Chuck Schumer? Like, why would you even fuck around with that? I Yes. Why I'm, would you fuck around with that? Look, I mean, in the defense of the Club for Growth, They've they've done some good work. Like like the, I think the stuff they did for Ted Budd, for example, yeah, in 2022 for sure, for sure. was really good. I mean, I they, do they've not disagree with the second right. Path. I just don't understand tactically. You're going to pick West Virginia and be like, here's our last stand. They did an incredible job in in uh, Nevada right. where we were involved. Yes, 
Like these guys, they, they can do incredible work. Why is it? <laughs> they, why is it? It's just that you take you steal victory from the jaws of defeat. <laughs> it's just uh, we just. We just love to make things as difficult as possible. It, I, it's the nature of our party for whatever reason. I, I just, I, I literally do not, I do not understand it. Um, should we go to your interview? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I want to welcome to the program one of our favorites. This guy is uh, highly entertaining. You know him from a whole bunch of different places. He's a media personality, frankly. Uh, you can find him at Town Hall and other places. Kurt Schlichter, welcome back to the program. Hi, I'm a media personality. Yeah, that's what you are now. Am I an influencer? I think so. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to find you on a Bud Light can, but I think you're an influencer. You know, when I was born and my my dad looked at me, he goes, "Someday, God, I hope you're an influencer. <laughs> I hope you have a whole lot of followers on one of the social media networks." Well, you kind of had to crawl through a mile of shit to get there, though, Kurt. Uh, I, I, I've done my crawling. <laughs> I had to crawl. <laughs> I wasn't always this powerful uh, corner office law partner guy. No, I but started you started out mopping toilets in a Carl's Jr. in Foster City, California. In a Carl's Jr. That's Carl's a Jr. Famous. I can make a famous star with cheese. Oh man, that's yeah. like that's like a bottom rung of the fast food chain. Yeah, I had to, I had to work up. Well, Jack and the Boxes were. We used to look down on those guys. We like a virgins, <laughs> losers. Man, Jack in the Box sucks. We're Carl's Jr. High five. <laughs> Did you have to wear? Do you have to wear hats at Carl's Jr.? Yeah, it was pretty degrading. I still had my little button, and uh, it, it said Kurt, and it was one of those. I don't remember what they called them. You would like press the little thing, and it would like K, and then you turn no. the dial. Wh- it was whatever like, those. It was like flare. Yeah, and I, I I still have it. And I met Andy Pudzer, who was a, a head of Carl's Jr. I was like, I was like, I showed it to him. I still have this. It's <laughs> the hatred and pain that drives me. You have your three questions: what drive you? You know, yeah. what you do our every yeah. guest. Mine is fear of being uh, uh, having to swab out the uh, uh, the crapper in a Carl's Jr. again. <laughs> that drives of all me. the things you've done. That's the one that sticks with you. That's, you know, it's a, it's a formative experience. I believe everybody should have a shitty job. Oh, for sure. I had, a, yeah. I, I worked at Foot Locker as my oh, first God. job. I got to tell you, that was horrible. <laughs> I mean, so you basically horrible. had Dick Morris's and Quentin Tarantino's dream job. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good. It's point. funny because they like feet. <laughs> I think you can throw Hunter Biden into that too, right? Didn't we see some we, videos? Man, I think he likes everything. Yeah, he does. He likes all the dial spinning all the time. I like Russian hooker feet. <laughs> Veronica with a K. Whip out them toes. <laughs> I'm not it. indicted. Not By yet. the way, I, I have done, it's it's 9 a.m. I have done three media hits already. Larry O'Connor at 2 a.m. I made three hits, and they're all like, Kurt, they start, Kurt, as a lawyer, what do you think of these indictments? And it's like, <laughs> I don't think of them as a lawyer because this isn't the law. No, it's certainly not. We should probably start there. I, I suppose I should professionalize this a bit and get a little, a little expertise from my uh, guest here rather than just bullshitting about Carl's Jr. and worse jobs, although I feel like that's more fun. I know. Uh, people are sitting in their car going, no, I, I want to hear more about Carl's Jr. 
<laughs> Did you ever operate the fry stick? Remember they had crinkle fries and you get all this Carl's Jr. nostalgia. Anyway, let's go. Let's move. Okay. All right. So let's just start with the indictment. What you saw yesterday, what's your takeaway? You know, again, I I illegal it, it, legally it's it's not a legal proceeding. Right. Okay. I, I mean I do I, I do civil law. I go to court, I'll have it heard, I'll get a ruling. I'll go to trial, whatever, and I kind of know how it's going to go. This thing, I mean, you've got a, a ridiculous theory of the case. You have just mammoth problems with the uh, 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 indictment, like they don't mention the the crime that makes it a felony, which I would think, I don't know. It's been a while since I Does took that Does that seem law. important? Is that important? Yeah, well, I, I would seem important to me. I would kind of like to know what I was accused of, just personally. Because I'm picky like that. And you got statute of limitations problems and all these. And of course, my, my first thing, and then and then then I hear, you know, we're you know, we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna start doing motions in August. And then uh, you know, another hearing a day. And I'm I'm like, if it was Schlichter, tomorrow I first of all, I had everything written already. The next morning I'd be and I'd have a motion to dismiss based on totally. uh, pleading problems. I would have a motion for change of venue, I'd have a motion to disqualify the judge. Based on his, you know, giving money to the Democrats and having a daughter work for Kamala Harris. Right. But none of those are going to get uh, granted. It's all going to get denied because it's it's not law. It's theater. It doesn't matter. This is pure power. And, and, and I get so tired, man. I get so tired of Republicans going, you know, Hurt, uh, how do you think this? This is going to proceed. Don't you think it's very hypocritical of the Democrats? I'm like, I'm past the all this sucks part. Yeah. I'm into how do I destroy them? Yeah. Because yeah. We, we've established it. I guess we got to do it for the normals. Yeah. Well, what's funny about this whole situation from my perspective is it, it is the next step in the logical sort of expansion of abusive power that liberals have had in this country yes. forever, right? I mean, the, the last piece of this which by the way political prosecutions have been going on for a long time like you know just ask your average conservative of the last 10 years with their irs uh situation whether or not yeah. it changes in a democratic administration or not right so i mean they've been doing this kind of thing for a while what's different obviously is the profile of it and yeah. and the precedent of a former president and current candidate for president undergoing just absurd absurd a bunch of charges that I, I mean, from my perspective, like I, I can't believe I, I can't believe this is happening. Well, look, I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing gets me is we got a lot of soft Republicans who are kind of like, well, we we need to see how the justice system plays out. Okay, dude, there's no justice system. Okay, this is not a justice system. Not New this York. No, it's completely alien. To a justice system. So the idea that we're going to, you know, obediently march along and, and, and pretend this is normal when it's the opposite of normal, you know, dude, check your watch. It's not 2005. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I, that's a point well taken because I, I do think, I mean, look, the Trump years, we've seen it from soup yeah. to nuts. It started with the Russiagate thing. Yeah. You know, there's a way of dismissing the loss. Uh, for Hillary Clinton, it went into a couple of impeachments. I mean, this has been an ongoing thing with Trump. Now, I will say the man gives more fodder for them to work with than your average Republican, right? Which is why I think you get a fair number of people that are sort of qualified in their in their support, right? Because yeah. I, I think from the perspective of an awful lot of conservatives, 
this is complete bullshit and they know it and they're happy to call it out. But like you can't all can't also mistake that as a well, I'm I'm super happy with everything that's going on here and the fact that I have to deal with this every single day. Look, I I, I think people are getting exhausted of the stuff that comes along with Trump. Look, I, I keep saying Trump is like a fixed price menu from a really snotty chef. And it's like, yeah, you're going to get filet, you're going to get pureed broccolini, and you're going to get, you know, some foam. And you're like, well, I, I don't really like broccolini. I'd rather have asparagus. He's like, no substitutions. <laughs> you get it all. So the idea that we're somehow going to get like Trump without mean tweets. Yeah. It's just it, 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 it because it's integrated. The same thing that has him calling uh, Stormy Daniels horse face <laughs> is the same thing that makes him about the one Republican who wouldn't have run for the hills the minute uh, uh, Christine Blasey Ford or whatever the hell her name was came out and said, Brett Kavanaugh did something to me at some point, somewhere, somehow. Wow. Right. Right. You know, I, I, I you, you, the thing is, he look, Trump's going to get a lot of support for this. He should. I totally support it. It's a grave injustice. Um, his numbers are going to go up. But look, I am, to steal a phrase, ruthless about politicians. I, I don't care about them. Yeah. I mean it all. I mean, look, I'm a military guy. You know, you know, as an officer, we actually had when we're planning an operation, we actually have a chart that's going to tell us how many casualties we're going to take. Hmm. And we do it anyway. Hmm. I don't care what happens to the politicians. My goal is to win. Hmm. I like Trump. I hope he wins. I wish no ill on him. I'm grateful to him. And I am perfectly willing to put him aside if he's not the best vehicle to achieve a victory over these damn communists. Yeah, well, that's, look, that's all I care about. I think there's a, a huge number of conservatives that are now in that very same bucket yeah. that you just talked about, right? I mean, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's time yeah. to move on, right? And there's, I look, ample evidence from an electoral standpoint that the Republican Party is not exactly in the best spot that it's been in. in oh, here. really? <laughs> oh, what? You mean after that, after Rona McDaniel's stunning victory in Wisconsin? yesterday let's talk somebody. about the wisconsin thing let's talk about that i love first of all i love janet i can't pronounce her last name i think it's like pizza horowitz or something i don't know what it is yeah we just call her janet it. we're just gonna call her janet and i love her and i'll tell you why because she's straight up and honest i'm not going to pretend to do a legal analysis i'm simply going to do what i want with my power and you know there's a purity there mm -hmm. we've got to rep you know she's you'll know, recognize man yeah. And we totally got to do the same thing. I, you know, when people are like, I'd like a judge who would, uh, who, who wants to look at the law. And I'm like, I, I don't want any of that. I you want know, a guy who's going to rule my way. The, you first want outcomes. Thing, the first thing I do when I get a case, right? If I'm yeah. defending, I look and see who the judge is <laughs> every single time. Yeah. I mean, it's just reality, especially right. if it's one who's going to be ruling on motions and things. Um, so I a profoundly disappointing election for a, a oh. number, a number of reasons. And those who listen to the, the program, yes. we've had a couple of guests come on and talk about the importance of it. One Very important. Is, one is is redistricting. Two is all the laws starting with like voter ID that this person, Janet P, said oh, yeah. that they're going to throw out just by virtue of their victory, as you as you said. 
Uh, and despite the stakes of all of that, you still get some pretty dismal turnout. Uh, and the guy gets blown out. And, you know, oh, man, he got crushed. Yeah, he gets it wasn't even out. close. He lost by the same amount he lost the last time, which brings us to are we really nominating the best cats? No, I mean, we know, you that. know, we know that. Yeah. Right? And, and sometimes look, you don't always look the best guy in Nevada was my pal, Adam Laxalt, who is a great guy. Yeah. And he 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 didn't quite make it. I, I he was the right guy, though. But sometimes yeah. the right guy doesn't make it. But then you got Dr. Oz. <laughs> who is also a nice cat. And he's never going to win, even against, you know, the the ogre. <laughs> right? I mean, guys, in Pennsylvania, you guys could add Dave McClintock. You could add Dave. Well, they might get him you know? again. They might yeah, get him I, again. I hope so. And if uh, they get him again, I, I don't think people are going to make the same mistake. Well, Homeboy is a fellow Gulf War vet. Yeah. And there's like eight of us. He's got, I mean, this guy's got a resume, uh, pretty impressive stuff. We had him on a couple of pretty impressive resume. He's, he's, he's an interesting cat. He'd be, he'd be a great, a great Senator. He'd actually be a Senator. Right. Um, but, uh, but but uh, let's get back to Wisconsin here for a second. I mean, look, the down ballot conservative litmus test stuff, like welfare to work stuff, like core conservative, you know, if you're soft in the center type deal uh, that usually, you know, you get concerned about as a conservative and, and having like suburban voter support, that stuff passed by a mile, right? Yeah. The, the, the stuff, the conservative ballot questions were universally adopted by huge numbers in this election. And the candidate at the top of the only race that truly matters gets the doors blown off. Why? Great question. Uh, I, I think it starts with we're not motivating our voters. Our voters aren't going out and doing what they need to do. And one of one of the problems is um, some of the people who came into the election in 2016 to the Republican Party are not Republicans. And they will tell you that. I'm right. not a Republican voter. I'm a Trump voter. Right. And you're a rhino, which I think is an interesting dynamic. We yeah. need to go down that way. But you know what rhino means, right? It's not the thing with the, the pointy nose. Um, no, it's it, it's it's hard to motivate these people, which means we need to get out the vote thing. It's better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, if only we had some sort of organization that was dedicated to doing that, that recently had a chance to fire someone with a track record of failure. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. We're 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 sailing with the uh, the shipmates we've got here, Kurt. That's and, true, and I, that, I, is, that is true. I, I um, think I think one of the big issues, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I've talked about this a lot. Is in 2016, the Republican Party traded out its suburban voter base for a rural exurban voter base. That in midterms and special elections. The voting propensity went from 76, 77 to 55, 56, right? And so, you know, for my entire lifetime, Republicans have overperformed in midterms in large part because our voter base was more susceptible to to just getting out and voting than Democrats who had an urban core and were kind of bouncing all around about their turnout models, depending on enthusiasm and everything else. Now we, we are wearing that shirt. Right. And I think it's a perfect example in Wisconsin when you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, well, 
you have a 400,000 or 500,000 vote decrease from Ron Johnson to our Supreme Court nominee. Uh, what? Like, how the hell does that even happen? I mean, part of it is turnout, but also part of it is, man, you're just not getting the candidate quality. It's just not yeah, well, happening. That, that, that's true. We, you know, a, 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 a proven loser lost. Yeah. Is, is anyone going, well, God, how that happen? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I would like to see a, 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 a better connection to voters. Uh, and the problem is the only connection to the Republican party, a lot of voters seem to have is stupid emails telling them, you know, Trump's been indicted. Here's a, here's what his mugshot would have looked like if it was a mugshot, yeah. you know, yeah, $25. You $50? Bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, I got in a big fight with some uh, uh, guys at one of the campaign committees because I I started mouthing off about the stupid uh, uh, texts I was getting. Why are you not loyal to the president? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, first of all, loyalty comes to me, not from me to politicians. Because right. remember, chain of command, God, me, American citizen, politicians right. <laughs> and other invertebrates. Um you know, if that's your only connection to the party, ham-handed attempts to dun you for a few bucks, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be real loyal to them. Yeah. And well, you're not going to be very motivated. But don't you have to do, I mean, one of the things that has driven me absolutely up the fucking wall about this era of politics is you got a bunch of people who've never practiced in the field at all yep. speaking with absolute certainty about what it is that it takes to win, Right. And you get this this sentiment out there that well the, the the voting base has entirely changed now we're we're a working class party which is true we are a working class party no question about it and and if you look at the the opposition no question they are not no longer a, a working class party but within that working class you know there's an awful lot of suburban people there's an awful lot of center right people who consider yep. themselves working class you don't have to actually go and say fuck you two on a daily basis well I, look. You know, the, people in the Republican Party ha have some controversial ideas about how to win, like none of you guys who voted for this other guy should ever vote for me. Uh, what and, a winning strategy. I, look, I, you know, look, my job is to go in front of 12 people who couldn't talk their way out of jury duty and convince <laughs> them of something. OK, I mean, that's a great. <laughs> I try, I try, and they're, and I swear, God, these are the greatest people on earth. I love jurors. A lot of people are like, jurors are idiots. Jurors are great people. They're there, and you'll get like a bunch of immigrants going, I want to do my duty as a citizen. I'd prefer not to be here. There is a, there is a real love for this country among normal people. Yeah. And we can tap that. But, you know, they, they don't like nonsense. They, they don't like being, feeling like they're being exploited. And they and we need to talk to them mm -hmm. and we need to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And I look, I, I I think the people who work in the field have a lot of good experience about how to do some of that. Uh, I think sometimes people out in the field uh, forget who the who the who the audience is. Yeah. Well, and they also they, they also look, take the easy way normal. out. I mean, you don't think lawyers sit around talking about how terrible jurors are and then they win a million bucks and they're loving the jury system again. Right. Um, you know, they, there are proven techniques for getting votes out there. 
But there's also technology that we need to explore in order to exploit correctly. That includes voter identification, uh, you know, the data piece, uh, fixing, you know, connecting it with the contacting piece, and seeing how we can utilize, uh, you know, small networks of people. to to basically go out and do the work for us and bring. But don't you think? And I agree with all that. I'm not doing. I agree with all that. But don't you think, Kurt? At some level, we got a little bit of a brand problem because if I mean, yeah, take, take <laughs> Wisconsin for you know all the conservative stuff passes, our candidate loses. You look at the 2022 election. Seventy uh, percent. You'd look at exit polls. Like seventy percent of people believe that inflation was the biggest problem and Biden caused it, and yet they're voting Democrat. Yes. Right? And that tells me if conservative ideas and conservative policies are winning consistently and our candidates are losing consistently, you got a brand problem. Part of it's candidate quality for sure. Yes, yes, yes. But the other part of it is people just don't trust the brand. Uh, well, look, you you get mixed results like Georgia. Yep. Where Herschel Walker loses and everybody else wins. By by huge margins. I mean, Kemp just crushed uh, the uh, uh, actual governor. Yeah. Um, and, he has uh, his own brand. Yeah, the actual, the actual. Yeah. Did she concede the second time? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't remember I don't her clamoring for that. Yeah, <laughs> should be like Harold Stassen. <laughs> you know, I'm the governor. I am. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> Have some more mush. Um, no, I. Look, I, I, I do think we have a brand problem, particularly in the suburbs, uh, particularly among women. Look, the you know, sometimes you sometimes the dog catches the car. We wanted the abortion thing mm-hmm. uh, to go back to the states. It's back in the states. Yeah, you got it. You yeah. got what you wanted. Oh, and of course, you know, some people decide. Well, now we got to make a federal law about it. Were we telling them the exact what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> um, but no, I mean. I, I think uh, among young women, that motivates them, even yeah. though it is wrong and it shouldn't. Um, uh, it does. Uh, and and they, you know, maybe they, they agree with low taxes and welfare yeah. to work and that sort of thing. School choice, because they don't want their kids going to some, uh, you know, Randy Weingarten approved uh, uh, conformity factory. Uh, <laughs> you got to they... broaden the aperture, right? I mean, to the, to the point that you were making about the trump trial which is the opposition is ruthless here i mean the opposition is willing to do and say and pay for anything to win and at some level you know we got to adopt that stuff and we've got to figure out it's not about turning people off by the way you got to have a finesse game yes but you're you're right we got to do everything the, the republicans need to understand the new rules and play by I am not talking about framing people. They they effectively are framing Trump. Okay, they're trying to uh, convict him of something that he should not be convicted. So they're effective. I I do not advocate that. Uh, I do advocate getting rid of the presumption that we're not going to uh, uh, use the force of law, or we're going to be reluctant to use the force of law against political opponents. Yeah. Uh, particularly where we have the capacity to. Uh, you know, for some, to some extent, we have it in the House. Uh, to some extent, uh, we have it in red states. For instance, Cory Bush, uh, who is associated with BLM, which is corrupt as the day got. Chicago looks at BLM and goes, holy cow. Get, oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, Chicago just uh, elected a, a Marxist. Yeah. So good. Good on you guys. Um, You know, 
I, I think it would behoove the Attorney General of Missouri to take a deep dive into Cori Bush. And we usually don't investigate people, but, you know, things have changed. So we're going to go and see if there's any there there. Uh, I think in the House, we're kind of reluctant to ask, you know, how did Nancy Pelosi become such a great stock picker? <laughs> did she just watch Jim Cramer and do the opposite? What? <laughs> What was what, what? What's her technique? I, I would like to know because she seemed to do really, really well beyond uh, all percent. Why is Maxine Waters rich? Mm. It's not because she's smart. <laughs> um, and, and and we didn't ask those questions before, but I think now we need to because that's the rule. And perhaps I'm not worried about the Republicans because you know all the cases against Republicans are these convoluted kind of novel like uh, uh uh bob bob o'donnell or bob donnell in uh, uh virginia remember him? yeah he got he gets convicted and then thrown out 9-0 at the supreme court yeah. after the damage is done but it's like a novel theory mm -hmm. democrats are basically handing each other like sacks with dollar signs on <laughs> right okay they look like, like the hamburglers cruising into cannon and and you know throwing down some cash <laughs> um it, it so it, it it's where does it all end though? I mean, I guess that's that's the point. And I, I look, I think there's an awful lot of people that agree with you entirely that they set the rules. The precedent is now there, so you either play by the rules that they set or you don't, right? What's and, their and rules? you lose. You tell me what they are. Don't care. Well, I mean, I oppose changing the rules. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. But now that you have, I think the rules need to become a suppository, and uh, that will treat your. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the disorder in your mind where you think that this is a great idea. A suppository is a very interesting choice there. Well, <laughs> I got it. I got it. So let me, let me, let me, let's switch topics. Cause I think you, I think we covered that. Uh, what, what what's your take on the Bud Light can? Dear God. <laughs> let's hear about this. First of all, I love how everybody's like, well, it's a really shitty beer. I'd never drink it anyway, but I'm going to boycott it. Uh, what is, I mean, what was the thought pro First of all, Bud Light has a female marketing director. Because remember, all these big corporations take on the political leanings of the second wife of the CEO who's like 30 years old and has a gender <laughs> studies degree. Okay. The CEO's like, I don't, I can't, I can't put up with it. Just, just do what uh, Ashley tells you, <laughs> right? That's just, a hot whatever. Dude. She she read the candy book. Just do that, okay? I don't want to hear about it. You know, I I didn't I didn't marry her to talk. <laughs> um, and then so so they get this. You know, for a male brand, they get this female, which may not be the best idea. And then she decides, you know, what's going to really appeal to the beer drinking man. A man who's pretending to be a teenage girl. Well, that seems like a great idea. All my friends think so. I was out having Cosmo, and we we're just talking about how how amazing Dylan is. <laughs> and 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 you look at that, and I, you know, I occasionally talk to normal people, even in California. Is that right? You can find them out there. Well, they're they're out there. Remember, I'm diversity for all my friends here. You, yeah, yeah, that's Christian right. conservative army guy. Yeah. So they're like, I know one of those. There's Kurt. 
And um, let's ask this knuckle dragger what he thinks. Exactly. And they're like, you know, I I, I don't want to drink Bud Light anymore. And of course, that raises a question of why you were drinking in the first place. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe they don't like beer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think people are getting angry. And I think the Gillette, remember the Gillette thing? They mm -hmm. had some weird trans thing. And it's like, you know, God knows if they still had cigarette ads. Oh. If I see the Marlboro man sliding into some panties and garters. Oh, man. Right? That is a horrifying image. I ride the range and I'm comfortable with my sexuality <laughs> in all its beautiful diamond like facets. I, I don't, I, I, you know, look, the whole trans thing, you know, the whole drag thing. First of all, drag is stupid and boring and it's ugly. And that makes it great for them because it's a way to rub us normal people's faces in it. So much of our culture war is based on people just trying to show up the rubes. Mm -hmm. They they validate their own credentials within their own stupid circle. And they also get to essentially bully people. Mm -hmm. Remember the whole, this whole thing is a soft tyranny where they talk us into submission. Now, back in my day on a schoolyard, if you wanted to settle something, you went out and fought. Somebody punched and somebody got beaten up. Not not today. Everybody talks about their feelings and hugs like sissies. Here, you know, they're, they're going to this heavily armed, very macho group of Americans and basically saying, I want to shame you into giving up and submitting to me. Mm -hmm. My name is John. Well, actually, not now. Now it's Janice. And you will submit to me. And I, I think people are kind of getting a little tired of it. Uh, do you do you think so? Because like, yeah, yes, I think the so. people that I associate with, absolutely, one hundred percent. We've created culture warriors that yes. I didn't think ever could could even weigh in on these topics. Yeah. No question about it. But it doesn't seem to be enough because it just keeps on happening time and again. Well, well, the thing is, there's a reward for being niche. Remember, when I was a kid, Johnny Carson, man, 60% of us watched him every night. His hilarious appealed to everybody. Mm -hmm. Now you got like Jimmy Fallon. He's got like 2% of the audience. He still gets millions of dollars because you can be niche and super successful now. Yeah. This is really a niche thing among the Chardonnay, you know, Trader Joe's Chardonnay, uh, sexually unsatisfied wine women of the suburb suburbs set. You know, the kind of people, oh, I think it's the and they all look like Janet P, the uh uh, they all look like her, right? And their husbands are sitting there going, <laughs> um, they no, but they they, they want to show people up. They want to show that they're open minded. I don't think there's anybody out there who goes, you know what's really interesting? Drag. I just find it great. I love it. No, no, no. It's it, no. No, nobody's doing that. They're all like, this is really stupid, but everybody sees me here and I brought my kids. Well, yeah. this dude twerks in a uh, tutu in front of me. Look how enlightened I am. Look, I, I the whole trans thing will end in a second when America's women get fed up with men actually being more successful women than they are. Mm. Do you think, I, I mean, again, I would have thought so. But I also would have thought all the people who blood, sweat, and tears managed to get Title IX through I figured those people would show back up and be like, nah, dudes can't win these events and can't take well, these scholarships and can't do this stuff. And they're like, nowhere to be found. Well, no, well, they are. The problem is the institutions have been taken over 
Um, you know, uh, my favorite guy, Iowa Hawk, says, you know, here's the goal. You go in, you skin one of these institutions, you wear the skin like a skin suit, and then you demand respect. So they are pretending to run these institutions that they didn't build or create. They just sort of culturally inherited. Remember, we are plagued by uh, a, a bunch of cultural uh, uh, trust fund babies, mm. right? Like, 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 look at the Kennedys. First Kennedy, he's pretty successful. You know, he bootlegged and stuff. Got his son be president. That that generation's pretty successful. It kind of went downhill from there. Are there any modern Kennedys where you're going? Well, that guy's an achiever. <laughs> right? He's parked in a Buick in front of a crack house right now. Okay, and that's what we've got now. This isn't the generation that won World War II. This isn't the generation that put a man on the moon. This is the generation that came up with Grinder. <laughs> Okay, these are these are trust. So they don't they don't they just inherited these institutions and they control them. So it's hard to force them out. But you can see it starting like the Stanford thing, mm -hmm. where you have some federal judges going, "Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna take your guys anymore. We're not gonna recognize that you're the allegedly second best law school in the country." Yeah, and and suddenly Stanford's like, "Wait a minute, wait, you're oh no, now it's getting real." Because yeah. that that actually puts their power in peril. Now, not enough to actually do anything about the problem yet, but slowly but surely, as we retake institutions, and I think we will, the next president, for instance, can fix the military, the military's cultural problem very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I suggest that be the first thing he does, being a hierarchical organization. Uh, you can change the uh, commands priority. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm not worried about it because I totally agree with you. I think yeah. I think, oh, I think but it shows an example. Change. It shows that the, it is not a ratchet. Yeah, that we can we can make progress, and I think that's what we do. But look, we got to take these uh, institutions one by one. The institutions are held by the left. That's why they don't reflect what the people want. I, I don't think there are a bunch of people at the Anheuser Busch factory in St. Louis going. You know what, Ted? I don't, you know, I like brewing beer, love the hops, but I think we need a little more consciousness of transphobia and systematic oppression against the, uh, 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 you know, femboys. Likely not a conversation you hear. Yeah, I don't think that's going on a lot down in the uh, the lunchroom, but it certainly is in the C-suite. It is. There's no question about this. Look, I, I, I'd love to talk to you all day about this. I know you got to run. I, I let me just say this: when we get power, and we will. But when we get power, I want you to have a chair in that discussion because I think you got a lot of good ideas on how to go about changing a lot of institutions that have fallen off the left-hand side of the map. Well, I have uh, certainly made myself uh, uh, known to people. I want to be one of the bobs who heads over to the Pentagon, sits down across the uh, from the Admiral and go, what do you think you do here? <laughs> uh, no, look, the ruthless application of power. I wrote about it and we'll be back, which yeah. is uh, my latest nonfiction book. By the way, go get Inferno, my Kelly Turnbull action conservative novel. It's freaking incredible. And I'm writing my eighth now. Man, yeah. I saw a ton of these. But uh, no, I lay out a, I, I lay out the game plan, the ruthless application of power and a commitment of time by the chief executive time. As you know, because you deal with politicians. The most important thing your guy has is time. Yeah. If he devotes time to something, something's going to happen. Yeah. So you you have to you have to pick your battles, pick the high high payoff, high return battles, and fight those ruthlessly. <gasps> there we are. There, there we are. There and we are. and and 
and win them. Look, we can win. We haven't lost. Everybody's so depressed. Okay. You know, the, the other side scored a couple times. Great. Now we got to get back in the game. I'm excited. I love this country. I've lived in other countries. They suck. <laughs> and, 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 and I know what we've got, but, I, but I'm getting tired. Did you see today the, the president of El Salvador was like, you guys have no credibility regarding democracy. We literally had the president of a banana republic calling us a banana republic. Okay. <laughs> the United States of Chiquita. Is gone downhill aggressively. Yeah. Kurt, I mean, listen, hard. you got to go out and buy this guy's books. He's a smart guy. He's an entertaining guy. We love having him on the program. Come back again soon, will you? Uh, anytime you want me. You got it. All right. Kurt Schlichter, everybody. Schlichter. What a stud. Yeah. Outstanding. No, he's a great interview. Great guy. Great guy. I mean, the guy is, uh, he said he's coming in studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. That should be fun. Yeah. He's going to come here. He's He's got like, uh, uh, several DC dates. Yeah, He's coming in studio. We're gonna drink some bourbon and hang out. Hell yeah, that sounds great. Sounds like a good time. Well, guess what? I think we did it, guys. Yeah, absolute banger of an episode, if I may say so myself. Thanks so much, Kurt, for coming on the show, and thank you so much to our listeners. So until next time, minions. By the way, the by the way, before you end, steal defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. <laughs> Keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.